0: what is going on everybody you are listening to the playing on podcast my name is carl markowski and thank you for joining me last weekend we had the sunshine state open wow it was uh to me the games were so unknown because you had these quote-unquote you know lower level teams or lower ranked teams that were that were beating teams and games that were close that normally maybe are not close. And then uh, it was just back and forth. And I think a lot of it had to do with the field itself. It was very compact in the middle. Uh, the snake was obviously connected to snake all the way down. And it was just a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And who knew that Dynasty would come out <clears throat> on top. And uh, dude, they are just looking good i they're they're playing they're all playing well above what uh you know obviously they're all good but they're playing out of their minds right now and it's really cool to see them back in not only jt gear but also just on the podium and uh just doing it man they're putting in the work and i don't know the the magic is back the dragon is back but needless to say <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, needless to say, there are some teams that are creeping up and two of them are uh, are Level and Aftermath, who surprised everybody. If you ask them, they would be surprised, but, you know, they really put it to teams. I mean, you had Level who beat Russians to go to semifinals. You had Aftermath who beat Heat to go to semifinals and obviously the Saints I mean there's an argument that the Saints are the lowest ranked team but they're also it's half impact though it's you you have some of the best payball players in the world on that team and on the same line and uh, I mean granted the the Latin line did well but <clears throat> but it uh, yeah I mean just from the top down it was an insane weekend and it was very very entertaining paintball um i had a ton of fun watching it and uh, and kind of seeing everything unfold so congratulations to all of the teams that uh that won out there sunshine stayed open so also uh bringing the, this podcast to you is tyler humphrey's company if you don't know this is tyler's episode and he is a to me he's one of the players who and I explained it in the podcast but he's one of those guys who who kind of to me let me know unbeknownst to him that it's like you could have fun playing at the highest level um and and being very confident on the field and also you know being 100 percent competitive but also being yourself and you know, the same thing Todd does, right? Todd Martinez, they, they are themselves, they are competitive, but they also, they, they kind of, they're not too tight. They let it, they let it hang loose a little bit. And, uh, and I really admire that about, uh, Tyler and Todd. And, uh, they just had a big impact in that way for me, which was huge. But, um, Tyler's company, nine coffee.us, he takes all kinds of different blends and he blends his own special coffee. And I have not had it yet. <clears throat> I will admit, but I'm going to. But I know uh, a few different people have, and they really do enjoy it. It's uh, it's a cup of coffee that should give you an extra boost in the morning. And this is the stuff that's going to do it. It uh, starts every single day with their single uh, with their signature roast beans. And it looks tasty. I'll tell you that. Ninecoffee.us. They have... Uh, you can do monthly subscriptions and everything and get the coffee. It looks like uh, the coffee, nuts, and beans, and chocolate. And it just, it looks delicious. Let's see. Bali and Costa Rica. Amistad hints of nuts, chocolate, and championships. What more do you want in the morning? Nuts, chocolate, and championships. There you go. The T-Hump signature roast, 9coffee.us. Make sure you check it out. We are also brought to you by Melavio, the CBD that you'll want to be with. Um, I'm telling you, I've been with these guys for years now, and I have been using their products uh, the entire time, and I've been having nothing but success. I use their salve. I use their, uh, their tincture, their droplets. I give my pets the CBD uh, treats. I've used their gummies, their flour, all kinds of stuff. I enjoy using CBD, and I don't use anybody except for Melavio. If you want 15% off your entire order, make sure you check them out. Head to M-E-L-L-O-V-O-O-V-E-O.com and type in the promo code capital T-P-O-P and you'll get 15% off your entire order. So check them out. They have all kinds of different products that you can try out and use. And for your benefit, I, uh, I stand by my word when I say that it does truly work for me and you should try it out for yourself. Thank you, Melavio. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Uh, Mike has been making some amazing headbands, and you guys have heard me talk about this on the podcast. He's been a a sponsor of the podcast really ever since I I met the guy and started using his, uh, his product, and he just does a great job. We collaborate on pack bands, on headbands, on all kinds of stuff. We have some things in the future that we're working on still, but he just does a great job. The quality is amazing and these headbands withstand a beating Um, he always has new stuff that he's putting up it's a it's a great range of complex patterns and designs with a lot of simplistic basic like earth tone stuff that i like so that that's the kind of stuff that i like to wear but he has a range of stuff that he that he uh of, of dyes and fabrics that he likes to use but i'm telling you the quality is top notch you get what you pay for and uh, I like my head headband, my headbands to last because you're wrenching on them all the time putting them on your noggin so you want them to last and uh, and these are what they do they, they do a great job so if you want to check them out Charm City Paintball on Facebook and Instagram and uh, he has all kinds of ones that he's posting up and if you have any questions you can always go ahead and ask if you're looking for something custom he also does that as well and uh, he was just at the Sunshine uh, State Open and hey Mike, congrats on the second place, Seven Man Man. That's awesome. Seven Man sounds so fun. Sweet. Thank you, Mike. All right. I talk too much. I uh, I really enjoyed this podcast. It was great catching up with Tyler, and um, he is uh, you know a one of a kind individual. And I think he did a lot for the sport coming up with trauma and um, and really kind of putting his mark on the game along with. The, uh, the entire team. And I think they they are just, uh, you know, you can't really say enough about them because they're just, it's trauma, man. It's trauma. We talk any, everything from Matrixes to how the team name was uh, adopted and his journey through it and life in general. So it was a really cool podcast. And you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it. You actually want to listen to it. So here it is. Here's the podcast with Tyler Humphrey. Enjoy. So. so welcome
1: yeah thanks man.
0: so first I want to show you this it's a, uh, a poster that I found the other day oh boy I thought you uh I thought you'd kind of like it I even have your signature on here which is kind of uh kind of cool ah oh, that's badass <laughs> look at that thing and then um, nice I think this is from this has gotta be from like 3 or 4 there you are Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I think, cool. what do you think? That's got to be 04 with the Draxs jerseys. I,
1: yeah, I think that's O four because we had like twenty seven people on the roster, something ridiculous <laughs> like that.
0: that <laughs> roster <laughs> picture down there.
1: It's like yeah, a football
0: team plus.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to book the um, the flights for the team and the staff and everything back then. Oh, lucky you. Um, yeah, it was, <coughs> it was. I mean, can you just imagine? Like, I doing that now I don't even think I could handle that but it was like <laughs> I had to get everybody's schedule because everybody was in school you know what I mean so I yeah. was booking everybody had to fly out at a different place because we had Raleigh people Greensboro Charlotte so everybody had a different flight we all had to get there and arrange rides and all that that was it was a mess
0: it's probably easier now
1: yeah well yeah I mean I guess I guess now there's not as many choices and there's a lot less people on a team <laughs> But yeah, it was it was wild.
0: So, when did you start playing?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think I was in sixth grade. Um, I don't think I'm too far from you either. At the time, I was in Worcester, Ohio. You know where that is?
0: Yeah, I didn't know you were from Wooster.
1: Yeah, that's my problem. Um, Wait,
0: you're from Wooster?
1: Yeah, that's well, kind of. So I was born. I don't like to tell people this, but I was born in uh, West Virginia. Yeah. And then we we lived in Virginia for a little bit, and then up in Worcester is where I stayed for uh, until high school, and then moved wow. down to North Carolina. So yeah. I'm well. I was um,
0: born in North Carolina, so.
1: You were born in North Carolina. Yeah. You just traded places, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know where that is. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I was there for a year.
1: For one year, yeah, I was
0: yeah. born on a military base, so
1: I got you. Yeah, yeah. everybody in Jacksonville's from military base. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's all there is there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, me and my brother, um, we we're like comic book nerds. So uh, we went to this uh, comic book shop, and they had little flyers for paintball, and it was the first time, you know, I'd kind of heard of it, but I'd never, never actually played. And so me and my brother went out, and it was. You know, one of those, like, everybody there was looked way older. You know what I mean? It wasn't like <laughs> yeah. a birthday party type situation back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like like early 90s, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it, it was still, like, kind of paramilitary almost at the time. But I was just instantly hooked. You know what I mean? Just yeah. crappy gun and all that. But then um, I started playing there with my brother and, until we moved to North Carolina, And that's, it was years later, but I actually, you know, was exposed to like tournament players and stuff. Then there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, tournament scene in Worcester, Ohio at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, was this your older brother? Yeah. Yep. My older brother. And then he, he ended up going to West Point. Um, so that's kind of where we stopped playing together. And then I just kept going, you know, to the paintball field. That was all I knew. It was all my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I just kept going, and that's how I ended up on a tournament team and all that good stuff.
0: <clears throat> so was it like for you? Was it? Did you play a lot of sports growing up, and that it kind of that's what hooked you, or was it more or less like this kind of unknown adrenaline that? Because at least for me, like I'm saying it from from that perspective, like because I played football, baseball, all that, and then for mm-hmm. some reason, paintball just had this like untapped thing that bored itself in me and i was just like man i feel like i've never felt this kind of uh what, what what is it uh fight or flight kind of feeling like you get when you play but it's just it's like a focused fight or flight you yeah know?
1: yeah that's exactly how it was for me so i played baseball my whole life like little league and all that good stuff and then in high school it was baseball and wrestling um and then i did football in like middle school early high school Um, but yeah, it was, you know, I was playing paintball at the same time as all that, but that was, I I remember specifically being at baseball practice and I was playing like three different seasons or whatever, doing Mm -hmm. the fall, the, the school stuff and then summer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I remember being at practice one day and like. Just doing the, the little drills, like pop-up drills and, and grounder drills and all that. I'm just yep. thinking, man, I do not want to be here, dude. I want to be, like, all I could think about was being on the paintball field. Yeah. And and it was actually one of those days, one of those times I thought that mid-season, I didn't care at all. I just walked up and I was like, coach, I'm done, man. I, I just don't want to <laughs> be here. I don't want to play. And I just drove my car straight to the paintball field, and that was it. What and did your parents I think? Um. Yeah, they were just so happy, but they, they knew how much I loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, you know, they've, they've always been super supportive about that kind of stuff. And they, I think they knew that baseball wasn't really my big thing back then either. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I just played it my whole life. And, you know, it was like, at the same time, there were people that were getting ready to go to college and play and you know a couple of the guys from that that i played with that were on my team one of the guys went and played pro for years oh, really um, and i wasn't in that you know that that wasn't me i wasn't yeah. bad, but i wasn't i wasn't going pro i wasn't playing in college you know what i mean so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a pretty easy choice for me and then i think they just saw how much that loved it so you know they they were supportive the whole way <clears throat>
0: yeah for me it was uh I distinctly remember this one game because I was, it was my junior year in high school. And the previous year, we had won the city championship. Uh, this year, we were on path to, to play in the city championship again, which we did. We ended up getting second, though. But my junior year, I was, I was like nipping at the heels of the home run record for the high school. Oh, wow. And, <clears throat> excuse me. I was, um, but I was missing a bunch of practices and uh, and a bunch of practices and and games because of uh, traveling for paintball. Because at the time I was playing with I was only playing with Tip and Effect, but I was still yeah. like I was traveling with them and everything, and and they were all my friends, which helped. Um, but I remember this game. I, I don't remember the significance of the game, but I remember I was I was I was at bat. Kid threw like. Kind of, it was actually a shitty curveball, but for some reason, I just it hit the dirt in front of the plate, and I swung at it. (laughs) (laughs) It was silly, but um, third base coach, which was the head coach, called me over. He goes, "What the fuck are you swinging at?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was kind of like, like my head just wasn't there. And um, he goes, he looks at me, and he goes, "We could use one." And I was like, "Okay," like knowing what he's talking about, right? So I get back up to the plate kid throws like just a meat pitch right i'm just like a little bit on the inside corner and i just crank this thing on the on the left side of the fence and um i'm going around going around the bases get to third base where he is and as i get ready to go like give him the high five or the uh you know the low five he goes fuck paintball and he, like gives me the high five and right <laughs> then and there i'm like I want to play paintball. Like, like it was just like Mm -hmm. embedded in my brain to where it was like, dude, you don't know how like I feel about that. Like I love baseball. Like I love playing baseball. I can't tell you any of the pros now or like anything like that. Like it's hard for me to follow a sport, but to be involved in a sport, I I get really, I get obsessed with them, but I've always, always loved baseball. Um, Yeah. But during that like particular interaction with the head coach and myself, and I was like, man, it's 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 affecting somebody else that much it must mean that like a lot more to me than what I think and I think at that moment it was like man I think I'm like I'm supposed to be playing paintball and then from then on like I, I played the season out but I still went to every practice I went to every tournament and it was at the end of that year of that season for paintball is when I got noticed and and picked up eventually
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's that's the thing. I mean it's I mean it, no matter what you do, right? That that's the you have to be that obsessed with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just took that one thing for you to to realize it. And it was the same thing for me, you know, it, it's weird that it's both baseball but I, yeah. you know I was sitting on the outfield waiting for a fly ball and I'm like I am bored out of my mind and all I can think about was the last weekend when I played paintball and I want to go do that again mm-hmm. and it, you know that that drive you know is what made me a pro player it's what made you a pro player you know what yeah. I mean and it, so um did you watch any of the nxl stuff
0: yeah I did I was um I watched some yesterday Mostly today, though I was like watching the scoreboards from the n x l site, yeah, which I don't understand why they don't have like just an app unless they yeah. do, and I don't know about it like why don't they just have an app with like live scoreboards instead of having to go to their website? well, it's the like the it's the p b leagues or whatever it's their website, yeah, and it's you like mm-hmm. have to click this and you have to click that, and it's nice, it's up to date, but I think it would be nice to like just have an app you can click and then just right away. Just comes up the very first scoreboard is the pro scoreboard, and then you can scroll through it, and that's like that's it. You don't have anything yeah. else you have to fucking flip through.
1: Yeah, I know that would be nice. But <laughs> How about you? I'm, I'm curious about what, yeah. So I've watched it, I don't normally watch them, um, and we can get into this later. But the, the whole format to me, the X Ball format, I just yeah. feel like it's, it's just kind of boring to me, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I hate talking about it because I hate. I'm definitely not trying to. they
0: go ahead and shit on it. It's okay. It's all right.
1: (laughs) You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. The athletes themselves, I mean, those are the best paintball players in the world. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But what strikes me every time I watch it is like, where are the new people? You know what I mean? Like, why is it the same? Why is it Mouse and Spica and Archie and Greenspan and Frage and Yosh? Like, why are these the same people? You know what I mean? What, like when I came up, it was Saransky and Poopy and yeah. Opie, you know, all these people. And then, and same with you, right? And then now we're the pros and then we were the best. And then, but now it's like, it's still the same guys. It's the same guys that I competed against, the same guys that you competed against. Yeah. And they're still on top. And I sometimes I wonder, is that, I think that might be, <laughs> It might have something to do with the format as well. Like, maybe, you know, we learned we had to do like intense problem solving, you know what I mean? Playing in the yeah. woods and hyperball and 10 man and seven man and X, you know, all these different formats. And and now I feel like, you know, they they learn the layout. That's the game. Like, the game is the layout. Right. It's not really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, I. What did I you know, enjoy? Keep, what format? Uh, I definitely didn't like X ball. We, we were supposed to say we liked it. So I did. Uh, and there's interviews like in magazines and stuff, me praising X ball. But, um, and you know, if you go back to like, oh two oh three oh four, four, like we thought that was going to be on TV. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Dick Clark was involved. And we, so it was like, that wasn't my favorite format. It, it felt like just rushed five man at the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the time we also had coaches. So like when you got up to go bunker somebody, if they had a good coach, it was chaos. Like everybody in the world knew you were coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like it took a lot of the thought. To, it, I feel like it lowered the skill gap. Um, so, no, I didn't like it. But at, at the same time, I thought that was the way forward. And I thought, hey, we might actually get paid to do this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If, if Clark is able to get this on TV. Um, well, now you just now need like
0: again. rich team owners, because I mean that's if you think yeah. about like you you mentioned Goldman and Spica. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Right now, they're I mean those all those guys, you know, and even you know J. Rab and a few of the others. They they have that paycheck now, where it's numbers that I would never even thought of, as far as for yeah. for a paid player. Um, but you know, and, and do you think it's because? Do you think it's because those guys have been around so long and they're they're that good or there's just not an influx of the next generation coming in yet? But but at the same time you have um Aftermath did really well. You have uh yeah. Columbus level. They yeah. they did really well. And they got third. And they, yeah. They played amazing. Aftermath played amazing. Um Tiny Steve played good. Well, I mean, obviously they played great, they fucking won. But, um, and then you have Latin saints. Did you notice at all? Um, I don't know how much you, you've watched through the tournament, but was Latin saints, were they switching, um, lines like from the Latin line to the American line, like back and forth? Is that how they played? Do you know?
1: No, I don't think so. I, it was, I mean, I didn't see everything. Um, but every time I watched a point, it was, uh, (coughs) mouse and j-rab together on the snake side yeah um you know it was the same guys over and over Um, if it's like
0: hey we got to win this point it's like okay well we know who we're And they
1: (laughs) they were in that situation quite a bit you know what i mean like it was close games seemed like the whole time but um seemed like a lot of close games over the weekend yeah yeah i don't know if it was the layout or i i don't know again like watching those i just I get bored to tears.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like
1: the the moves are all the same. You know what I mean? There's not like I mean there's still great moves. There's still like highlights. You know what I mean? But when I think back at I'll use you as an example actually, because that Avalanche team that you guys had in like 06, 07, was oh like six, so oh yeah, seven, oh yeah, 08. And, and Mayo and Tiljack, like mm-hmm. whoo. That was a heater, dude. I loved watching you guys play. You probably didn't even know, but I was sneaking over to watch you guys play. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I had no idea. Check this out. Yeah, and uh, I think it was, like, Boston one year. You had a move, and I was standing there watching, and I was like, oh, my God. I've never seen it. Like, I remember that to this day. There were a bunch of car washes in the middle mm-hmm. and, like, those tent things, and you ran through it. I don't know how many people you shot, but it was It was Tampa. It was Tampa. Those, like, it was Tampa
0: against... The Russians, I think. Or Tampa against...
1: It was another good team, for sure. I remember yeah. that.
0: Yeah, and I... Yep, I remember that I remember that move, and too. And I ran
1: over to watch it, and I saw you, and I was like, what? Like, this... <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff I want to see. You I know love that mean? stuff. Or, like, man. Oliver Lang in 10-man days on that JT field in SC Village. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing against the Ironmen. Or maybe he's on the... I don't remember. I think he's on the
0: Ironmen playing against... Um, no, no, he, I, or yeah, you, are you talking about the first move? He, your first like big run through he did. I think so. Yeah, AT, <laughs> I think I, he was with the I, Iron I Man at Yosh, the
1: time. I thought Yosh was on the other team because I'm pretty sure he bunkers Yosh at some point. Uh, I don't know, man. Either way, like those are the moves. Like I don't remember all the circumstances, but I can mm-hmm. see that in my head. You know what I mean? And all those are from seven man and ten man. Yeah, and if I try to think of one. Like I can't even think of a move that happened 10 minutes ago in the NXL the finals. You know what I mean? It was mostly like breakout, and then Maddie Marshall is <laughs> telling us that it's five on three instead of five on five because two people got shot on the breakout. And now they're just going to sit there and wait until somebody blows the buzzer. And then it's, yeah. you know, and again, I'm not trying to shit on the format, but it's just I, I feel like that whole format was designed for to get us on TV. And that didn't happen. And here we are, mm. 15, 20 years later, and we're still playing that same format. And and I could get into, you know, as as a CEO of a paintball, uh, we have three paintball parks and a paintball store. Like that's oh nice. So I have to deal with all this stuff all the time, and th- like the negatives that it brings to a paintball field. Those are those are huge too. Like I have to buy these upgrade bunker kits, and all of my fields have the exact same layout every weekend as Mm -hmm. everybody else you know what I mean so like why come to my field when the other guy down the street has the exact same layout set up you know what I mean it doesn't whoever's cheaper is better yeah and I feel like I mean for for
0: anybody who's listening to this podcast it's they they know for me the the best scenario for me is like seven man uncapped, uncapped semi, and Like I was, I'm a big fan. What I think they should do now is limit it to four pods. Every person, I think four pods would be cool. Um, But I I think, and also I'm not a big fan of having the layouts from, you know, released and all that shit. So like you're seeing, you're seeing moves and everything happen organically on the field. Um, But I think what tends to happen is because there's so much paintball being played. There's so much paintball paint being played, and everybody's done the same thing so many times. And on top of on top of that, this field in particular, it's a continuous snake. So you have mm-hmm. very non-methodical moving down the snake, where it's very just monotonous, kind of just getting in, going down, like which I'm not I'm not a big fan of. I've always liked I've always liked jumping gaps and having to fight my way through every gap. Like, but that's just me wanting a challenge at every spot that I go to, um, yeah. to where I can head check, not see a guy bump, head check, see a guy, snap, shoot that guy in, go to the next, like have it be that challenging every single time. Um, but, but I think because there's so much paintball and it's so very repetitive, even though it's good paintball, it's, it's great gunfighting uh, format, great gunfighting. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. Two on two, three on three. Uh, which is usually what it mostly comes down to. Um, yeah. But I think because it's so repetitive and you're watching so much of the same thing that I think maybe that's why it's not maybe as special or as methodical as like a seven-man format because yeah. it's, and you, you I mean, you think about it too. It's like paintball back then, Every game mattered so much. Not saying that they that the Ball side doesn't, but with seven man, you it, you had that one chance, right? You had eight prelim games, but each game you I mean, fuck, you have to make it to your spot and you have to do all this cuz it's all point based and it's all you only have eight eight tries to do this thing and they're all on different fields. So So now you're just watching, I think it's this fucking incense that I'm like inhaling. That's probably not making up (laughs) anybody, but it's a tradition. So I fucking light it up anyway. Um, but paintball was, was fun to play too, because you were, you were playing all these different fields and these different, just different scenarios and everything. And, and maybe that's why that it's a a little on the, I don't know, because you do, and it's like you said it we have the best players in the world that we've seen play the game still playing and playing the format. So yeah, it's, it's a tough one to kind of unravel, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but that to me, that's, that's a big, like the, the fun part to me, like when I go to ICC, I I feel like that, you know, like a kid again, Almost like I have yeah. to walk the field. I don't know anything about this field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, they could stick an airball field in there and it would be the same thing. Like it, it would still be exciting. Cause I've never seen this layout. I've never seen it. It's never been, it's never existed before. Yeah. Whereas now it's the layout comes out and then, you know, those teams have to practice Saturday and Sunday, two or three weekends in advance or whatever it is. I don't know when it comes out, but yeah. they all know it. Right. And then you know if you don't if you miss a day like you're you're behind everybody yep. else in the country you know and, and the the pros play it more i'm sure than like the d2 d3 teams or whatever but mm-hmm. they're all kind of on the same path and it's like ah, i don't know man it, it just it's it's not exciting it's not like i feel like it, my fields could have car washes and whatever like that giant mm-hmm. spider looking thing from back in the day and then the guy down the street would have a completely different airball field you know what i mean like oh yeah it's still it could still be super competitive and just different and fun and everywhere you go is a different setup and then you go to the event and it's all the field layouts are brand new nobody's ever seen them you yeah. know what i mean and and now you're actually finding out who's the best paintball team and not who had the most practice on this layout and, it, again, it sounds you, like I'm shitting on people that are playing right now. It, <laughs> no, I feel it. Not at you. all. Like I love watching people like Archie and, and Mouse and those guys. Like They're obviously the best paintball players in the world. Um, I'd like to see how they do on a field that they've never seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd like I, to see I all the that moves easy. that everybody pulls off at practice. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, the first Saturday that layout's out. I bet mm-hmm. that would be exciting to watch. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. To, to me. To me. Uh, and I'm not... Again, I, I'm sure maybe they're maybe they're onto something that, I, you know, maybe there's a ton of people watching on Go Sports, and maybe they got these big outside sponsors or TV deals coming in, and, I, you know, I'm just over here crying wolf or something, but <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that would bring more excitement to it, you know?
0: Well, I think people are watching Ghost Sports definitely not because of the format, because it's, one, they have the split deck is purely because of a time crunch. I mean, that's the only right. reason. Tom Cole, I talked to him um, a few weeks ago, and he even admitted that he doesn't even like that. Um, right. So it's definitely not because of that. I think people are watching Go Sports because it's it's, um, it's all there is right now as far as webcast goes, and it's really good, you know. And, yeah. um, but as far as what they're filming, it's like it's the same stuff, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have always said that I think that you'll see so much more organic moves happening. I think people are still going to show up in practice two weeks before, if not more. And they're just, they're going to, they're going to grind it out. They're going to play. I even gave Tom a suggestion of like, of having fans like have a website where you can create a field as a fan and then submit that. And then 20 get submitted or something. And then all of the, all of the teams the the head coaches or, or teams in general, they can all get together and they all vote on the top 10. And then those rant, those fields randomly get selected on the Thursday or Wednesday or, or week up, excuse me, week of the tournament. And you'll get five randomly selected fields throughout the year of, of a fan submitted field. And I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, Trozen does a great job. He does. And but I know that like with this field now, I personally I think there's too many big bunkers. I think we need yeah. to get we need to get smaller bunkers. I think we need to stop allowing <clears throat> and again, this is just me like fucking doing thinking of what I want being super selfish, but um <laughs> yeah. I I think we should stop having so many spots to go to um where a guy can just turn and shoot off the brake and walk to a spot. I yeah. feel like, get rid of all the open shit in the middle, the tall towers or whatever. I feel like the, the the 50 snake should have been turned and inset so that you had a gap right there so you couldn't crawl all the way down. I think the middle yeah. tower should have been moved somewhere else so that it wasn't just a guaranteed spot to go to. Um, I, I just feel like there's just a lot of safe spots for the bad guys to go to. Um, and... I don't know. I just I enjoy running and shooting and, and stuff. And I feel like when you give it, you know, when you make it so cushioned for a bad guy, it's like <clears throat> I don't know. Again, this is me just fucking complaining about it. But I I, <laughs> I just feel like I feel like people are gonna play regardless if you if you don't have a layout out. Um, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And and <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy. And I apologize if you if you're on the come up in paintball and you hear this story, but. Uh, we used to play. So <laughs> as a trauma, the, the layout would come out and we'd be in the same, you know, I think they went back and forth on releasing the layout. I don't, I don't remember how it all worked, mm-hmm. but I remember there were times where the layout would come out. We, at the time we had our own like field, it was out like in a cornfield and it was like trauma owned and we would just go out there and we would play dude I, so much paintball like we would bring a skid of paint out there and play 60 points Saturday and try to get 60 on Sunday. And mm-hmm. by the, like we were so sick of it. Like nobody wanted to go do that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we would go into it, like, we would find where the bags of paint were and we would shoot them or like step on them and break them <laughs> so that we would run out of paint quicker so that we wouldn't have to play anymore. Oh my God. That's like treason. I mean, it, it's yeah. Like paintball treason. It was but that's, like, you know, may, maybe it was just me. being a little burnt out on it all but I feel like that happens you know I as a like running running fields here in North Carolina like I see all the time a kid will come out and it'll be good at paintball right and Mm -hmm. then we have like these three mans it's always blind layout it's great for like beginners and d5 that's all we do it for it's real cheap um when we pack it out everybody has a good time it's not like like, nobody gets mad at each other. Everybody has a good old time, right? Mm-hmm. But those kids that start playing that, the next step for them is whatever local regional league there is, right? So they play three-man until they kind of rank themselves out of that. Yeah. And the next place to go is like a X-ball league. And then they never – that's all they play from that point forward. <laughs> like These same kids that I saw come up – through rec group playing hyperball in woods and being excited like I was next thing you know, they only play turfed air ball fields for the rest of their paintball careers until they rank out of that. And if they're not good enough to get on a national team or they can't afford it, there's nowhere else for them to play. You know what I mean? And I do like a classic 10 man event at my park or whatever, but, and sometimes they come back for that, but I see it all the time where people just, they're having a blast and they, they breeze through the, three men stage and then there's nowhere for him to go except x-ball national level events and it's like it's not good man I, you yeah. know what i mean like think of how long me and you have been playing you know what i mean i don't play mm-hmm. all the time I, i'm guessing you don't either but
0: yeah
1: like we had what two decades worth of like competitive paintball like having fun you know what i mean mm-hmm. and now i feel like we we rank them out so quick and and I don't know, it's like a it's like a meat grinder. We just throw these little kids in it and then you know what I mean, chew them up and then yeah, either sink they or swim. they make a D3 national level team or they're out of payball.
0: Even then I wonder like I wonder how many below D3. Like let's say let's say even below D2. How many of those players actually move into a separate division throughout the years and stick around? Like what's the ratio of players that stick around? to the, to compare to the ones that, that, you know, fall
1: off. I mean, it, it can't be many. I, it, I mean, we, so in North Carolina we have like my three man events and then there's the <clears throat> CPXL right now, which is the next step up. So that's D4, right? And then once they get to D3, there's nowhere for them to play. And then I run the CFOAs So we used to try to create a, a 3 event there's mm-hmm. just not enough teams like i would get 10 20 d3 guys say hey let's make a tournament for us or whatever and, and i would do it even though i'm gonna lose money on it right mm-hmm. we would do it anyway and nobody would show up and they're having the same problem today the same exact thing a bunch they're like all right we're gonna try a d3 tournament this time and nobody signs up so they cancel it really so it's like there's nowhere for them to go except a national level event and you know how expensive that is yeah. i mean people at these tournaments are shooting 40 plus cases of paint um you know and that, and that creates problems too like um you can't expect a team to pay like i think people should be paying 45 55 dollars a case so that field owners can make money you know what i mean yeah. instead it's like field owners are expected to just run these things at break even point which you know, I'm cool with, I'll do whatever to support people. I love to see people play paintball and have fun. But, you know, at a certain point, it's like, why are we making these people shoot 45 cases of paint for an event where, the, you know, they can't afford it if it's $50 a case. So it's got to be $35, $40 a case. And then mm-hmm. the field owner doesn't make money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of these things stem back to we got this TV format that we got no TV for. You know what I mean? so yeah I don't know do
0: you uh I mean do you think that because nobody has anywhere to go after d3 like do do you ever run like an open class or anything like that to to draw anybody in I mean is that what you're saying that there's nothing really after d3 to to really sharpen your sword or get better at or like
1: right It, it becomes either you're playing casually or you're on a national or you're trying to put a national level team together to play NXLs, So yeah, I've run
0: um, and then trying to afford that.
1: Yeah. And so I started a 10 man classic format just because, you know, uh, jumping on the bandwagon and it looked fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, we could have one of those at our park. And so I started doing it and we had, I can't remember what we started at, but we did it three years in a row. And this, every time we sell out instantly. Mm -hmm. So we did, I think we did 24 teams at the last one. And we sold out, you know, in 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. And that's where like all these people show up, like Richie Maliszewski came back to play it. And you know what I mean? Mike Paxson was there and yeah. all the guys like that. And then you see these, the guys I'm talking about, these D3 guys that used to play all the time and now they don't have a place to go. So they just kind of stop playing. You can't play rec ball anymore they, you know, the type of dudes that would come out for a scenario game to have fun and drink beer or something, and now mm-hmm. they don't really have a spot to play. Well, they would come back to play the 10-man, and everybody has a good time. You know, it's like you were talking about earlier, when you have, it's not X-Ball format, so every game matters more. So the more competitive guys, like, that's where the screaming and yelling and playing on and cheating and all that comes. But, you know, it's kind of part yeah. of the fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just seeing the difference between how people treat that, how much fun it is um, versus, you know, something serious like X-Ball. I don't know.
0: See, that's the tough part, though, right? Is like everybody comes out for the 10-man stuff, and it's, and it's great, and it's fun, but it's also very time-consuming. Like, the games yeah. are really long. And because, because how many games, even at ICC, or what, was, what did I play last year? ICC and ICPL Chicago. Like, how many games went to time? like a ton. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's like, that's the happy medium that I think paintball needs to try and find competitive paintball is like to where it's, it's enough to keep our attention and it's not like fast enough to where it's like, okay, same, this, this is, yeah, this, 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 but it's also not going to time every single game for 10 minutes. And this is, you know, the same thing. So, right. <coughs> excuse me. Um, and that's what I want to... Because I, I, I love playing 10-man. Ten 10-man's Ten fun, but then it's just like that. It's like, I'm not a big fan of the woods because there's just a lot of sitting around and, and not doing yeah. much, which my stupid you know monkey ADHD brain is like, I can't do this, can't do this, need to yeah. do something. Um, yeah. So, you know, and that's what I was thinking about when you, you were talking about them not being able to afford, like, the, the cases of paint and everything for tournaments. I had always... That's why I always thought the, the four-pod thing would be cool because... Mm -hmm. now you have you have teams able to actually utilize four pods because they're always going to be shooting them i don't think any paint goes to waste because every game is probably you're probably going to shoot about all of your you know all the pods on your back so you're cycling that paint you're not having extra cases at the end um you can really regulate how much you use and how much you're going to need um yeah but for some reason it just caught on and everybody just wants to shoot a fuck ton of paint <laughs> yeah. and which is great for you know the for the fields and everything that want to you know sell the paint but at the same time you know we wonder why these teams can't afford to go all these tournaments and everything like that because it's you know, paintball is fucking expensive and then buying right. all the paint on top of that
1: well that and that's kind of where like I disagree a little bit because it is great for a field owner that people want to shoot a lot of paint but to me, it's like when a lot of people that want to shoot paint instead of like trying to get one guy to shoot three cases because then it's like I can have this event, but if nobody can afford it, I'm not going to sell any paint. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. what happens is everybody drops their price. Like you can go to an NXL and buy, I don't want to call anybody out, but you can buy paint for what, $32 a case or $30 a case for five star, which is, you know, I'm not going to tell you what we pay for, but it's more <laughs> than that okay yeah. so it's like what, what are we doing here yeah. You know what i mean and, and i'm not just trying to make a an argument for for field owners or whatever but I, I just feel like it we have to make all these concessions to make this format work you know what i mean on top yeah. of how like the the cpxl they have to have scoreboards and you know they can only have their events at parks that have two fields you know what i mean so there's in north carolina it's me our park and um Black Ops in uh Fayetteville and that's it like nobody else in North Carolina has two airball fields so yeah you know what i mean it's just all these limiting factors and and we just have to work around it in order to have this format and I, a lot of people i think think they want this format but i i think it's just because it's what the pros play and so you know till the day i die i'm going to fight um, until the pros play a different format. <laughs> so,
0: what do you think? Um, I mean, what do you think the 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 most adequate format would be?
1: So, I, I've thought a, a lot about it. I, I think there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. Um, the limited paint thing, like you're talking about, I, I'd like to see that work. I've never seen it actually work. I think it's a good idea. Um, but really, I think something in between ICC 10 man, which like you you said you know you go into that woods field that giant circular woods field that you, you, like you can run for half an hour and not find anybody mm-hmm. um, like I, I think that's too casual that's too scenario gameish you know yeah. what I mean um, whereas that hyper hyperball field is super competitive you know what I mean so I don't know to me it's like hyperball and airball but when I say airball I don't mean the same bunkers they have to buy from sub air every year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's upgrade kits. Like everybody should have a different airball field, whatever you can get, you know what yeah. I mean? A sub and a car wash and a giant spider looking thing and cones and whatever, just everybody has different stuff. Um, so I don't know to answer your question. My answer was going to be, I'm going to run a seven man tournament or a series, something like that. Um, and my thought was instead of, like classic format is, um, you can shoot a mechanical gun or you can shoot an electronic gun at five and a half balls per second. Well, they did that when it, your option was auto cocker or auto mag. You know what I mean? Now you can yeah. get an EMAC and anybody can shoot <laughs> eight balls a second, right? With a with an EMAC or something like that, right? So my thought was just change that to where it's you could go either way, right? If you have both guns, you can just pick one and you'd be about the same. So I was thinking something like nine balls a second electronic or uncapped mechanical, something like that. Right. So how
0: about uncapped, uncapped anything, but you have to use a gravity loader. Cause yeah, I think that's, I mean, so I, I think this yeah. is the difference, right? You, ha- you have so many guys, like you had a lot of guys complaining about this thing, um, at ICC and everything. Cause you have these guys that are now able to shoot these mechanical guns. Like, like they're fucking nothing. Right. right or shooting 10, yeah. 10- 12 balls a second or whatever right but they were all using electronic loaders yeah switch those all out to gravity fed now it's a completely different game
1: yeah yeah maybe so i mean the, the only um and i saw that too but i also saw people like um like those infamous guys they're they're good players and they were shooting fast but when i watched them play they were they were doing that thing. You uh, oh know yeah. what I mean? A little ser-
0: were- <laughs> yeah, serving tea and some little fanning. Put the
1: yeah. gun in your left hand. Let me see you shoot. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm saying, you know, because now if you put a, a gravity-fed loader on there and you're using an EMEC or even a 170 or a fucking autococker or anything like that, you can't willy-nilly it um, and just try and fucking shoot as fast as you can and you don't have any worries even though you don't have any eyes because you have a, a loader that can feed 30 balls a second. Now right. you have to, like... Actually, pay attention to what you're doing because you could chop paint. Remember when we used to chop paint? Like that's <laughs> <Yeah. the> fucking. We had to deal with that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> bring that back, and then right, I, that's because yeah. that's I, I think right now that's the common denominator uh, at the at the the mechanical tournaments is the loader. If you change yeah. the loader, then it changes the fucking game of people just going crazy with these things. But, and a lot of people are going to fucking bitch and moan about it, but right. because they're like, Oh, it's, you know, it's completely go-. You're like, you know what you want to go true fucking mechanical event, no electronics at all, or no fucking, um, no electric loaders do that. Yeah. And then fucking, and then do whatever you want to do and see how much fucking soup you're going to be shooting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That is an option. <clears throat> I mean, it, any of those I think would be fine to like see how it goes. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but it was, I think something like 10 man is hard. It's hard to get that many people together. And then five man, I think just isn't as fun. So my thought was seven man, right? I love seven man. I'm so biased. Yeah. (laughs) And, I was anti-7-man back in the day, right? Because we played NXL. We weren't allowed to go play MPPL PPL for a while and all that. But, you know, looking back on it, like, there was some, man, watching that Huntington Beach event, and then when we finally did get to go play, watching you guys play, like, that that's a good format. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well,
0: you were contractually obligated to not like anything else but X-Ball.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> Dick Clark told me so. <laughs> but but that was uh so i was thinking seven man and then you got to get rid of to me to make it competitive you can't have a woods ball field that has like i mean you just can't control the woods right so mm-hmm. there's always going to be a better side and a worse it's side. A lot of cheating right so my thought was hyperball and airball and the airball field is not a standard nxl style field it's whatever whatever bunkers i have in the warehouse in the back you know what i mean i've yep. got some old stuff so i'm just going to throw it together there's going to be a, a mirrored Hyperball field and whatever Airball field, and it's going to be seven-man and some mixture of mechanical and electronic and see how it goes. But I think, to me, that would be exciting, fun to watch, mm-hmm. and competitive, too, you know? I think
0: Hyperball, what Hyperball has going for it is just the aesthetic. The aesthetics yeah. cool. I mean, the Airball, the aesthetics cool, too, but I think... Um, maybe more not so much the aesthetic, but more or less the audible like pleasure of watching and playing hyperball. Like yeah. just kind of gets you going because the crack of the paint, like hitting the the hyperball tubes and everything, and just like that's it's a good it's a good visual and audio. Um, right. Yeah. Even on film and everything, it's 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 great. Yeah. But I think yeah, no, the on the thing... on the competitive side, it's just like more convenient, right? Because it's it's all air filled and it's just fucking, you can blow them up. You can take them down. You can move them around without a big headache. Right.
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I remember playing Tim, um, you know, when air ball was real new, we had to, we'd have to go set up a field to play. And it was like the first year I played on trauma or whatever. I don't even know if we were trauma back then, but we had, we had the giant fan. You remember with all the tubes running around? Oh all the yeah. You have to like, design the field in a way that you could get the tubes back to the giant fan. Mm-hmm. And then finally they did away with that. And then we had the, the batteries. So we'd have to charge like a hundred batteries and you'd stick them in a little round hole and then zip the fan in it. You know what I mean? And the yeah. fans would, people would step on the fans. And how they would did break. that
0: not, I don't understand. I don't understand how just a sealed bunker all the <laughs> way around, like how that wasn't a thing. Yeah.
1: I, I think just,
0: like, maybe it was the material that they used to
1: make it. Yeah, it was like a real light material, like, like parachute. the parachute, the, the wacky arm inflatable tube. Yeah. it was like that that material, it's where you could push into it and it would let some air out. You know what I mean?
0: I feel like a paintball's never broke on them. No, they always no, bounced no. off. Because I, whenever I watched old old footage, I feel like all of that old school material, the parachute material, was yeah. always clean. Like yeah. the paint would never, either the paint was always that hard or
1: it just never
0: broke on the bunkers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. And, and it was way lighter too. Like you could pack that up, fold it into a little ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, now, you, you know, you, you have to suck all the air out and put them on a pallet. You know what I mean? Just to trans, transport it. It's like, yeah. That but, old canvas material. Yeah. But it is a lot easier than, I remember it being, you know, 20 degrees out and you're Fingers are frozen, and you're trying to shove this stupid battery in the hole, and zip up these stupid fans. It was awful. The glory days, man. So yeah. when
0: when was it? Like when was the time period? Uh, you said it, you were like sixth grade when you first kind of discovered it, and then when yeah. you started really getting into it, and uh, let's kind of get into that. Like when you actually got on Trauma, or how that how that whole thing actually came about. Because I just remember you guys being a team. Because when I yeah. first started, it was like 2002.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I so didn't really we... get on the
0: tournament scene until 2003,
1: 2004. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were around before that.
0: <clears throat> no, dude. I I didn't know about paintball until like the end of 2001. I started playing ah. a lot more in 2002, and then just was playing at Toledo Indoor. Got on Tippman Effect. Um, yeah. And then yeah.
1: Well, you shot up fast, then. That's that's a quick <laughs> quick route to the top. Yeah.
0: The woods, the, I think the woods kind of did that for me. I had played yeah. twice in the woods, and then I just went right to tournament, like f- right into indoor and playing yeah. tournaments. As soon as I discovered that that was that, it was like my competitive brain just went right to that, and I was like, no, I just want to do this. That's yeah.
1: it. Yeah, 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 I'm the same way. Um, so, yeah, I started playing with my brother, but it wasn't until we moved to North Carolina, so I was – um boy i must have been a freshman in high school um and then just started playing at this uh field in raleigh north carolina called bunkers and
0: um it's a very typical paintball field name yeah right exactly
1: Uh, (laughs) was there a z on the end no no it it was was s S, but it it did have a giant splat logo (laughs) there it (laughs) is yeah um (laughs) And it was under some power lines. Like oh, perfect. A lot of fields were back then, yeah. So um uh, and that's where I met Brian Stewart. Um and we we just kind of we were right around the same age and then we started playing all the time. We both were kind of obsessed with it. Um and just started going from there. We ended up making a team called Flip Mode. And uh it was me and Brian Stewart and a few other guys. Um
0: Did you do the logo and everything for like the team and like
1: Oh, yeah. The jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had flames, we, all that good stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just typical, like, stupid kid.
0: Do you still team. have any of that stuff? Like, a jersey um, or anything like that?
1: No. No. But uh, we did get our guns, like, laser engraved. And I've seen, I know a couple guys that have some of my old guns, like an old stock cocker with the flip mode logo in it. Oh, nice. It's pretty sweet. I need to get that. But, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we played. I can't even remember what the tournament series... I mean, there were CFOAs back then. There was uh, APL... Oh, man. I can't remember the names of the tournament series. But one of them came to the park. They had an event at Bunkers. And it was, like, the first actual paintball event that we played in. And we showed up, like, camo pants and black T-shirts, like we always played. And... We saw like Danny Manning and oh, shit. people like that who were like, yeah. you know, at the time. I think he was. I don't know if he played on All A's two or All Americans a couple of years before or something, but he, everybody knew who he was. You know what I mean? And did he play on Cyprus? Or was that my saying That was that was way after. So he started oh, okay. with like uh, with Spech, um Like obr ohio black rain or whatever and then oh yeah all americans he played an event or two with them i can't remember, i don't remember his exact history but but in that area he was he was a legend you know what i mean because he was the pro player <laughs>
0: he's uh, i he was just a, he started out as like a legend i feel
1: yeah yeah he i mean the, voice, the look everything he yeah. had it all yeah <laughs> uh but but just seeing how those guys showed up with Matching jerseys and pants, you know what I mean? Official. I was like, oh, wow. Look at this and we ended up doing pretty good. I think we I don't remember what place we took but it was way better than we should have done um, and and that was kind of that was kind of what started it out um, and You know people in like at the field started to take notice like who are these guys they actually You know could compete with Danny Manning and these guys whatever the young Comers uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, we were still pretty terrible. We held our <laughs> guns, you know, the whole like cap drop forward and uh, all yeah, that kind the, of stuff. The snake, the yeah. snake arm, or it's like yeah. like a cobra. Yeah, uh, we were doing all that. Kind <laughs> of. Uh, but we started. We got into the CFOA, which at the time was huge, um, and we started playing those. And we actually um, we won like our first one ever, um, which like there were there were a handful of teams that had played these tournaments for years and we Mm -hmm. should have won it and we didn't have matching jerseys and we go out there and win one and then next thing you know we're just we had a regular team and we were winning a lot of events we didn't win them all but we won quite a few yeah and then meanwhile we were winning the amateur division there was this little kids team uh called mayhem which was like david Faison and duder um and rob Stodinger was their coach and mayhem was winning all the novice events we were winning all the amateur events And uh, I remember Rob Staudinger, like, you know, again, he was a legend, right? He played Mm -hmm. on Image at the time, which, you know, there were no pro players in North Carolina besides Rob Staudinger and Lane Wright. Um, Oh, yeah. So everybody knew who they were. And uh, we played a game, and Rob was watching. And afterwards, I didn't do anything crazy. I was playing – we were down bodies, and we ended up turning around and winning, just playing smart, like talking, playing like an actual – you know like you know what you're doing kind of right were you off. playing dorito side i was yeah okay I you mean, have that It wasn't really a... <laughs> <have> that dorito <laughs> feel it was really a dorito's side back then i mean yeah. the, the place that i'm talking about that we were playing at there was a field that literally had no bunkers it was just a roped off spot in the woods and then there was an airball field but mm-hmm. anyway i walk off and rob Stoninger um Told me nice game or something, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nothing to him, he was just saying something to the local kid. And to me, it was like, <gasps> he noticed, oh my god, he saw all- me! Yeah, <laughs> and I went home and told my parents, and I got all excited. And then, uh, you know, it just I knew that he was in Greensboro at Paintball Central, that was his park or whatever. So, me and Brian Stewart, anytime you know, any chance we got, we would drive all the way to Greensboro to play you know just to be at the field that the pro guy mm-hmm. runs you know what i mean um and just through doing that for a while he he eventually brought it up like hey there's a zap amateur open coming up um why don't you bring your flip mode team and i've got the mayhem team we'll put them together and play 10 man oh nice and so we did that and we did decent I, I don't remember probably sixth place something like that um and that was kind of the start of it and then you know we were hooked um, and I think we went to LA. What was that? Two thousand, something like that. I don't know. So, so when, did you we, play we, that
0: last tournament as Trauma? Like that's what you entered in the tournament as?
1: Which in the
0: one where you where you meshed the two teams together.
1: So that one, I think we called it Flip Mode. Um, but at the time, Trauma Head was. Jeff Gallatin who was in the Raleigh area Mm -hmm. and then Danny Manning who was also in the Raleigh area and it was called Trauma Head and they used to have a team called Team Trauma and so at the at Bunkers the field we played at it it was like the Trauma Head logo with the flame and the skull (laughs) guy on it but it would say Team Trauma on it and that's kind of where I saw it the first time and so I asked uh, Jeff Gallatin if we could use that name and he said yeah and so that's so that's that's where it came it came from that's where it came from yeah and so yeah, that so I don't I don't remember about amateur open, but for sure when we started playing the PSPs or I guess it was MPPL back then, mm-hmm. uh, we were trauma, yeah. And then we we did pretty good. I think we beat the Tontons, the first ever event we played. Um, you know they didn't do so hot in the pro league, but mm-hmm. they were still a pro team to us, and we were novice or amateur B, low amateur B. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah. <clears throat> We beat them in our first event, I believe, and then, so that was it for us. We're like, we're doing this. We're going all in, you know. Because that's so. really
0: when you guys started making an a name for yourself. It was like oh one oh two, right? Is when you were really kind of settling in and and winning tournaments.
1: Yeah. So this was two thousand when we first started, and then I guess two thousand one is we played every event, every you know national level event. Mm-hmm. So we were amateur B that year. And, yeah, we, we were hovering around, you know, like sixth place, third place, fourth place. Um, and then I think we won that World – I think we won World Cup that year, which was huge because it was, you know, like we were still really unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was right around the time that Image broke up, which was Gettysburg <laughs> – no, that was Gettysburg 2001 is when they stopped. So then Rob, Opie, and uh, who do we have at first, Turtle, and Andy Copcock, they joined up. And then, so because we had pro players, we had to jump up to amateur A. And I think we were, same thing, we started around third or fourth place. And then by that World Cup, we won that one. um, What were you guys shooting at the time? What, guns? Yeah. I mean, back then it was just auto-cockers. Pretty much everybody had auto-cockers. And then somewhere around there is when the Matrix came out. It would have been that, that Gettysburg, 2000, 2001, or 2001 one. I think, yeah. yeah, That's when the Matrix, yeah, that's when we started using Matrixes. I remember because Image showed up with like purple jerseys and they had purple Matrixes and everybody wanted those. And that was the like it the, the fat person. body ones?
0: The fat body matrix yeah, yeah, like the, the, the ones
1: the, with the the screw off the screw like back, back plate, plate you know, all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah all that. Dude, um, it was
0: I just saw a, a friend of mine was shooting one of the Iron Man like octopus ones or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, he yeah. was shooting one and I was like, "Oh my gosh, dude. It <laughs> it had such a distinct sound when yeah. it shot and I was yeah. watching it, and it still shot so smooth cuz it's almost like it's almost like a fucking revolver, right? Like a heavy yeah. revolver like they just don't move just right, because yeah. of like the mass of the thing <laughs> yeah. but i remember them shooting so smooth and it was just like this this so it's such an like a totally different thing i remember when i because we won seven shockers when i was on titman io we won or not shockers um matrixes we won seven of them for oh, winning wow. the seven-man tournament and i was like this is fucking sweet obviously because yeah. i was shooting a titman but I was yeah. like, these are fucking amazing. And then the, the whole breach like came off, and then you mm-hmm. could clean that out and everything, and put it back and screw it fucking
1: back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they were, I mean, they were, <coughs> uh, they were way different. I mean, we went from auto cockers to that that thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was, it was cool, but it was also like this. Yeah, like you said, it was. I mean, they were big and heavy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and you also had to like. They weren't all the same, you know what I mean? Like you can buy two, whatever, Planet Eclipse guns today and they'll be exactly the same. They'll shoot the same. Mm -hmm. Those things, every single one was different. And you had to like, (laughs) we would get a big box of parts and like match them together and make sure it was real smooth, but it's still sealed air. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It was, it was a mess, but yeah, that was, that was around the time we started to switch. Not everybody (laughs) used them. Uh, Like Dave Faison played in the back. And the matrix at the time was terrible on air and
0: efficiency. Yeah, it was gas. So
1: and he would shoot twenty plus pots. So I mean, we even <laughs> had to so back then. He would Rich Telfer <laughs> taught us how to cocktail a tank. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys ever did that, but no, that's before me. Yeah. So you, you take the sounds tank, dangerous. The <laughs> yeah, it's not smart at all. You would take the one fourteen tank and put a little CO two in it, and then go over to the air station and fill it up to five thousand psi. So you had oh really cold liquid CO2 and 5,000 PSI, and you could squeeze out another pot or two.
0: If, dude, the air station freaks me out still to this day. Like having, yeah. Even though it's all regulated and there's regs and everything like that, just knowing I have 4,500 PSI on my shoulder, I once I get to thinking about it, it fucking freaks me out.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, people always ask, can I fill these up? My home compressor, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. your home <laughs> compressor does 150. These are 4500. Yeah. And i go oh, I mean, that's a yeah, it's a big difference. That's a lot of pressure. <sighs> Dude. But yeah, yeah.
0: I <clears throat> you know. can't imagine fucking with it and like having a guy say, oh, oh yeah, you should definitely <laughs> put a little CO2 Rich in there. Was, and
1: yeah, he probably, he probably just wanted to see if it worked. I don't know if it <laughs> actually was a thing or he just wanted to see if it would blow go, up. Go Who try those. But it, it worked. And I remember at the end of the game, he, I mean, he shot, I think, 22 pods was the record
0: so he was what's, able to shoot. What are the logistics behind that? Like, how, why, what makes it last longer?
1: I, so, I don't know. But I, I think that once the pressure starts dying out, that the liquid CO2 starts going through the reg and adds a little bit more. Because that, that should be around, you know, 1,000 to 1,800 PSI. Once you have liquid CO2 coming out, turn into gas. <laughs> so I think crazy. it got you another pod.
0: And then replacing all of your O-rings in your gun after that.
1: Right, yeah. So after <laughs> after the game, his gun would just be dripping wet. But it worked. because yeah, it's just sweating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Jeez, so. Dude, but yeah, guys did
0: crazy shit back then. You like? Do you yeah. remember, I mean, you obviously played against a lot of those old school guys and and kind of the old school like shit that people did like turning up their velocity on the field and like what was that thing where you like you held the back block of an autococker or something and you like (laughs) like wasn't there something like that to where like you would you would charge it up or whatever
1: yeah there were all kinds of little tricks like the uh that the matrix was a great example so it had do you remember the beehive regs the front regs they're kind of like i don't know they look like beehives but I remember
0: the I remember the LPO the big like LPR front, like it was almost like what's on an Autocock or something like on the front of it like where you could Is that what you're talking about?
1: No, that's the LPR. That's the low pressure reg. So the the main reg was like what you held on to. Right. So the way to turn the gun up you screwed the bottom part into the top part and there was a set screw that had to be set to stop it from moving. They had vertical so max flows just, like that. Yeah, so you would just take the sets, <laughs> so you chrono it. your gun, and then walk in and just crank it a couple times, and then you, yeah, like there was stuff like that all, yeah, constantly back then. Yeah, and then you you didn't want to, you didn't want to piss off the wrong person back then, man. Like I remember we were all kids, it, like me and Brian Stewart were kind of the older ones, mm-hmm. and everybody else was younger, and we would show up to, like uh, I remember one time we went down to Poopy's place in Florida, and it was aftershock and all Americans practicing. And we roll up in the minivan, like all excited. Hey, we're going to meet, you know, we look up to all these guys, like yeah. Billy Saransky and, and uh, Frank Connell and, uh, you know, all those dudes. And we roll up in the minivan and I see like a straight up brawl. And there's grown men holding their guns by the barrel, swinging at other dudes. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what is it? And it was like terrifying. It was intimidating back it's then. Like, yeah, yeah, it was for sure. I mean, he had like... Like, think about, compare those guys <laughs> to who's playing today. You know what I mean? And yeah. don't get me wrong. Again, I'm not talking <laughs> shit about any of them. But they're, you know, like, smaller, like, younger-looking athletic kids. Yeah. Those guys were, I mean, they were felons. They were, like, like scary people, like, blue-collar grown men. Who we thought I mean? were
0: adults, but they were probably in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. Mid to late time,
1: 20s. Yeah, I thought they were 40 years old, all <laughs> yeah, of them. But... Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you don't want to mess with, with Frank Connell and get him on your bad side. Oh my God,
0: know? a lot of those guys, man. You, I yeah. hear so many stories of all that shit. And it's like, I I didn't feel... Like, I had a little bit of that when I was on Tittman Effect when the old lockout guys played on the 7-man team with us. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. some of that there. And then I definitely got it when I once I was on excessive and i was under maddie and rich and yeah. neil and, and and uh uh micah and, you know all those guys so they i really got it there but it wasn't anything like what some of the stories of like guys being on some of these other teams like jesus that's kind of like borderline <laughs> <back in laughs> pressing charges
1: yeah for sure I mean, yeah what's your kid we used to yeah yeah, I remember uh, we had the All-Americans over at our field uh, in Paintball Central one time early on. And I remember uh, Frank Connell getting mad, and he <laughs> threw his gun into the woods. I swear <laughs> he threw it 200 yards, man. I've never seen anything like it. Like that, is, I mean, Fuck. when you're a kid and watching that, and you're like, I'm just excited to play paintball. You know what I mean? And yeah. see these legends. And then you see a guy, a grown man, act like that. Lose it's it. It's like, whoo. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is getting real <clears throat> you
0: know, yeah. there was um I remember there's one piece of paintball equipment that it, I remember wdp being like this fucking like untouchable company I feel like. Because I remember one of the coolest things that i that I remember seeing was like when they had their the angel air to yeah. where it was like they had the the bumpy back. Um, back part of the tank for, like, your oh, shoulder, yeah. and then the front part had an LCD screen, and I was like, oh, my, this is so fucking
1: yeah. cool,
0: and everything, and that. angels were fucking... I always I always heard about angels. It was always, like, they fucking look sweet. When you could get them to shoot, they shot, and then... But yeah. what what always stuck in my head was when the sound... Of when the fucking bolt stuck forward, and then you see people jamming a
1: straight shot through it to try and jam the fucking yeah. Need to smash the bolt back into place to get it to work again. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, when I had my first, I bought an Angel one time when I was real young, and that like it gave me so much confidence because I was yeah. like, man, this is so sweet. Like I can shoot so much faster than everybody else. But yeah, all it did was break paint back then,
0: that's all i did yeah i had a a, an all-black ironman uh die angel
1: oh and
0: yeah and i wish i still had it but i've and another gun that i had you know there was one that i fucking i thought was so sweet saved up like this was this was when i was i was playing paintball i was working but writing off my check for like paint but then also saving all of my money, like still asking my parents for money and all this shit. But because I was like just saving up and saving up and saving up to get an all black Shock Tech Intimidator, oh, and this yeah. thing, oh dude, this thing cost me like fifteen hundred dollars. But fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> back then is like probably twenty one hundred like today or something. Yeah, yeah. oh for sure. <clears throat> but I remember, I remember, I got this thing, and it shot. And it might have been me. I don't know. Who knows? But it shot amazing, like, one day. And then the rest, it was terrible. And I ended up yeah. just getting rid of it because it was so much trouble. Yeah. And um, it, was, it felt so bad, too, because I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I wanted this thing. It looked so sweet. It was the body was black. The plates that you fucking screw on the side and everything were black. Aftershock oh, yeah. was using them. I'm like, yeah, this fucking thing. <laughs> And then it doesn't shoot <laughs> <chew> for shit. <laughs> Which Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's good eventually when you start to learn how to actually use them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was something we missed out. We got, we were so lucky on, on trauma when we started playing X ball. We had, um, Will Robertson who did to Oh like, yeah. He would go to the events with us and make sure our guns were shooting good and all that. So like, I didn't have to know anything about those guns ever. Yeah. And it, it, like, it haunts me to this day. I don't, I don't know anything about how to make <laughs> these guns work. Like, I still remember a little bit about the autocockers, but that's mm-hmm. about it. And
0: Did about you willingly the- have a cheater board in your gun?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we played a, we played an event. It was in England and, That was the first time we'd ever used one, but I mean the the rumors were around like it was obvious people were using them You know what I mean back then? Um, The the, well bring it all the way back 2003 was the first year Like we went pro and then they switched the format at the same time So not only were we competing against all these grown men that like they all liked us back then because we were amateur We weren't a threat, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And We would fly out to practice all these teams and Rob knew them all you know what I mean? So it was, yep. we were all buddy-buddy with all these guys. And now all of a sudden, we were a threat because we were a pro team too. And they would switched the format up. And all these guns were coming out like the Intimidator and all this stuff that had eyes. Mm-hmm. We didn't have eyes on our Matrixes. We rolled out with these Matrixes with no eyes.
0: With, with a like Halo. Heavy-ass Halo. No, oh, no, revy
1: Yeah. Our first event, we used <coughs> Rev'y. Oh, In wow. Our, uh, one of our first games was Miami Effect. <laughs> which was Chris LaSoya and all those dudes. And mm. they have, you know, they're shooting literally 20 balls a second at us on those wide open fields with no, like that was before pillars and all that.
0: 10 bunkers. So they the say field.
1: three, two, one go. And you got to run 20 yards to back, right. With Chris LaSoya shooting 22 balls a second at you. And <laughs> we're shooting Good luck. P- 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 back. I mean, it was, it was a disaster. Like I thought, how are we even going to compete? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we still won some points, but it was, uh, yeah, that was a weird time. It was, you know, like a step up in competition and being so far behind technology-wise.
0: Yeah. Uh, so did you yeah. guys choose to play in the NXL?
1: Uh, that was the only pro league, so that was our only option.
0: Well, I mean, did you... But You guys were playing 7-man, though, weren't you?
1: No, no. We were playing 10-man. Um, and so 2002, we won, we won every event Amateur A. So it was a foregone conclusion. We're going to be pro next year. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought we were hot shit or whatever. And it was right around the time they did that. uh, I see the Jersey behind you there. uh, The the X fall (laughs) nations cup around the time they did that. And we thought, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then they did like an experimental one at world cup that year, 2002. Mm -hmm. And then it was, it was kind of known like, Hey, we were going to be a franchise. There was only eight of us. And yeah, so we didn't really have an option. I mean, it was kind of, if we wanted to be pro, we had to do it. So that's what we did. That's weird, though, because you think with
0: the format being so – 10-man, I'm saying – being so closely related to 7-man mm-hmm. and not being so new and you guys being so successful at 10-man, you think that 7-man would we would be the way to go instead of, like, jumping into – but I guess there was a ton of promise of, yeah. of this whole NXL thing and taking off and being on TV. So I think there was a lot – of that riding on doing this rather than doing this? Cause I think you guys would have been fucking nasty playing seven man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so too. I think that would have been like, I always, I was always jealous, you know what I mean? Of seven man. Like, and if you remember too, they because of the TV deals and the Dick Clark stuff and all that, they wouldn't even let the media cover us. Like we, we didn't have, you know what I mean, like most of the pictures from that era are like Chris Dilt's paint magazine off the field because yeah. they wouldn't let people film us. They wouldn't let people take pictures of us on the field. So it was like those yeah. years were just like gone. Like I'd love to have some pictures and stuff. I mean, there's some, but, you know, and then MPPL. Meanwhile, it's like they're doing nothing but promoting all the players, and, mm-hmm. you know, like all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I, I definitely feel like we missed out on that. That's um, why Dynasty didn't I, do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that, I mean, it was uh, like at the time we thought that was going to be on TV. We thought that was, you know, the next big thing and we had an opportunity to do it. And by playing that, we weren't allowed to play the MPPL. So yeah, for sure. Looking back on it, I would have loved to. (laughs) Like here I am talking shit about that format the whole time. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like looking back on it, I wish we hadn't done any of that, but yeah.
0: You See know. that's ins- that's what's crazy though. I wonder why. I wonder why not letting the- it was a thing to not let teams play the other league. It's not like the dates were ever conflicting. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the exact details, but we definitely had to sign something. Like it was, they owned they owned our names and likeness and rights and everything. Like if oh, if we yeah. were gonna be in a magazine or on TV or anything, like they owned all that.
0: <clears throat> they wanted that fucking devil X ball head logo next to yeah,
1: it. Right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which, yeah, I don't know, man. But, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, at the time, we were kids, too. It was just excited to be playing against pros and stuff. But, you know, we weren't really thinking about the future of the game or the format or any of that, you know? hmm I mean, so, for sure. I, I remember
0: the poster. Th- Is that poster from... Uh, that era when you guys were playing uh, in the nxl the oh six yeah
1: the or is yeah that poster you showed me is like 2004 yeah or four or four yeah that's right yeah. yeah so that had to
0: have been during that so i guess that's your only media right there is the yeah uh, that is kind the poster. Of, uh, i
1: mean yeah pretty much
0: Maybe I'll, i mean i'll send it to the you
1: end, it was uh it was like they knew i don't remember the exact timeline but um at, at some point they kind of knew that dick clark was and out that it wasn't going to be a giant TV deal and all that, and then mm-hmm. they started letting cameras and stuff in. And then there's, you know, there's dirter videos and some stuff from '05. Yeah. I think, but yeah.
0: You have to send me your address. I'll send this. I'll send that poster to you so you can hang it up in the field.
1: No, no, no. You
0: keep. That yeah, down. dude. No, 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 no. It was honestly, it was hanging up in my in my parents' house because that I got it signed and everything. But I think it would be way cooler. Instead of hanging out in my basement on the floor, is hanging up at the field somewhere or something like
1: that. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll hang it up for sure. Hell yeah, but you gotta sign it though. I, I didn't play for you guys. I know, but I just want your autograph. I'll
0: maybe I'll put that on a post-it note like next to it or something.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll trade <laughs> some. I gotta have your autograph, too. For sure, man. Yeah,
0: I was uh, you. And speaking of man, I you have always been one of my favorite players and people to watch. And interact with, I think you were besides Todd Martinez and man, it's hard. It's hard to put like a lot of people in a, in a bucket, a specific bucket that I have of people who are like a big influence of personality and everything to, to like meaning to just be yourself, like not even though we're all competing and we're all serious on the field and everything, but just to like be yourself and let your personality kind of shine. You were one of those guys where I looked up to, to where I was like, man, I, you can be goofy and silly and serious all at the same time and still have fun and still be a competitor and, and not be like bogged down by the seriousness of the situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean? yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that was honestly, a lot of that is just like, I was so passionate about the sport of paintball and I still am to this day. I, you know, just like I was, a, my dad instilled this in me when I was real young, playing football. He, he, uh, he saw me play a football game one time. This is like middle school, seventh grade. And he makes me, uh, he's like, son, dude, go get your pads and your helmet and bring those home with you today. I'm like, all right. I asked the coach and he let me bring him home. This is total sidetrack. Sorry, but I, no, I got to tell the story. So I go home and, uh, like he was, he was a big competitor. I always knew that. Right. And he Mm -hmm. played football in high school and he was like, you know, like that was his, that was his life. You know what I mean? Not, not like, like that was big to him. The Mm -hmm. high school football thing. Right. It it wasn't that big of a deal to me, the middle school football thing. And he makes me put the pads on and the helmet. And he's like, all right, now hit me. (laughs) And like, I just, you know, whatever. And he's like, do it again. And we just did it over and over and over. And he's like yelling at me like, Like, this is not competing. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to hit me. He would would hit me, right? And he's not even wearing a helmet or pads or anything. He's He's just just shouldering you and fucking, yeah. And and he's showing me, like, this is what competition feels like. Not, you know what I mean? This isn't a game. This is, you know, put everything you've got into this. And, it, you know, I I remember crying and and running into him over and over and over. And he wasn't, you know, I'm making it sound like he's mean. He wasn't. He was teaching me a lesson. And I carried, like, I learned it. Like, that was a big deal to me, and th- and I carried that with me all throughout Paintball. Like, he taught me how to compete, and it, it was, you know, it it made me realize, like, you got to put everything you got, like, everything you are, all the emotions, all that stuff has to go into this, and that's yeah. kind of, that's where it came from, and it stuck with me, and in Paintball, it was the same thing. It was like, I was so happy to be at these events. I love to travel. And I love to be there with, you know, all these guys were my friends. It wasn't like a mismatched team where you had to get to know, like, I knew all these guys. They were all my best friends in life. That's all I had, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and so it was real easy for me to, to have a great time, to joke around, to have fun, and then turn on the switch. And now it's, you know, competition time. And that was, you know, I could easily block everything out. Block school and my family and girlfriends or whatever I had, you know what I mean? And just Mm -hmm. let's win this game, put everything you got into it. And that's, that's kind of how we did it for years. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why I'm not a Ryan Greenspan that can play pro for 25 years. (laughs) Whatever it is. Maybe I just burn out doing that. But you know, it was like, I have a five-year-old daughter and a wife that I love and, you know, every year that I live is better than the year before. Mm -hmm. But looking back on those years, like there's nothing like that. You know what I mean? There's no way I could reproduce that. It was the best time of my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And I think it was that. I think it was like some combination of fun and competition, you know, like not just competition, but like everything you got in your, like every ounce of your being is into winning this game. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's how I felt every time. Um, so that's that's kind of where it came from, I guess, if it, that it makes any
0: sense. 100%. It was like just living in the moment and enjoying what you have and and, and what is happening, you know, this weekend and everything. And I just <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I just – I really took that to – just like how you said, I you know, I didn't recognize, like, you would go up and watch me play or whatever. Yeah. I Yeah. You and Todd uh, and a very small handful of guys—I, you didn't notice, but I like noticed that you guys had a giant impact on just me, making sure that I just was myself and I could yeah. be that top athlete and competitor, but I could still, I could still be myself, and it meant yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, it was great. I had no idea you watched me play. Yeah, no, that was—I'm telling you, dude. That there's a couple Oliver Lang ones and there was that one and then like from that point forward i, w- I would go watch avalanches it was what was it st louis avalanche mm-hmm. you had like blue and gold kind of was the color scheme I would yeah it was go... like golden
0: red and and black yeah yeah.
1: i would track you guys down and watch you play because it was you <laughs> and mayo and till jack and i was like holy shit these guys are good
0: that was a fun team man We yeah yeah we had we had a bunch of killers on that team it was it was nasty it was uh And it was just like you guys. It was a bunch of kids who just enjoyed playing the game and who were around the same age and just fucking enjoyed playing, you know, together. And it just kind of... It was one of those things where it just clicked.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, it was like... I know there's a lot of talk about this now about um, buying your team or whatever because of the Latin Saints and all that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can always tell the difference between guys that are together because they're an actual team you know what I mean and, and guys that are just thrown together that are really good because at the time you know Miami Effect was that way like I remember coming to the league thinking whoa they got all the good players you know what I mean like they yeah. had JR and Lasoy and all those guys um, and they did good but they weren't as good as like the All A's back then or mm-hmm. the Oakland Assassins like those guys just stuck together they were the same exact team as yeah. they always were but yeah you can you can tell you can tell when it's a, a group of guys that are you know you don't even have to be the best individually skilled players but you can tell when a, a team's working as a team and maybe that's part of the the whole x ball thing that we that we miss too you know like yeah. watching x ball it's not as much teamwork there's really not you know what I mean like you have a breakout and it's five on three there's no teamwork left You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like
0: figuring out the situation and then it's, I think it's a lot of like capitalizing quickly on things that happen, uh, quickly off the break. Yeah. It's like recognizing that. And, um, but talking on the point of the, um, you know, the players that have played for a while and the teams that, you know, a lot of guys have played together for a while. Like look at the top four for this last event, right? You have, uh, aftermath where they're they have some guys that have been playing for a while together but that they're they're a fairly fairly new team for the most part as far as their roster you have Columbus level who actually has been playing together for a long time together and they're starting to play to their abilities Um, you have Latin Saints which look at look at the um, their American line which is half of impact for yeah, the most part, yeah. you know what I mean. So those guys have been playing together forever. J. Rab and and Alex and um, Spicka. Uh And then you have Dynasty, where where if you look at their core, they have been playing together for ever. You know, <laughs> and then they have, they have added some, together
1: longer than some of those guys have been alive.
0: Yeah, and they have added some new blood, and some of the new blood is fucking Archie, who's been playing forever, who's one of the best players to ever play, and right. um. You know, it's just, and then they have all the killers on the team. So I think looking at that, you just have guys that have been playing for so long that it's, and, it, and if you look at it, look at it from the perspective of like, you have those core guys. And even if the core guys are three guys, you have more than half the guys on the field have been playing together for that long. Right. Yeah. So like so if you take it at like like look at Dynasty. If you have Alex, Ryan, and Yosh on the field, that's that's what, seventy five percent of of your your field time as players who've been playing together for more than twenty years. Yeah. So like how much of an advantage is that? You know what I mean? So I think that's why those I think that's why the top these top four teams are doing so well are because those guys have been playing together forever. You yeah. know? And yeah. levels come to their own aftermath has Hinman, who is an amazing coach, and just like, I can go on forever about that, but I think that's another big reason of why these specific teams and I mean you can make the argument that some of the, the lower teams have had the same thing um, as far as players playing together for a while, but I don't think as much as you know possibly some of these well look at um, <coughs> look at like Revo, Revo was doing really well last year. But yeah. then their uh, their roster broke up in the offseason. And some of their guys went to impact. They added some new players. Um, so, yeah, man, these top four, they've been playing together for a while, and it's it's showing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me, too, of, um, like, you had Oliver on yours, uh, your podcast not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember hearing a little bit about, um, I, I listened to some of it, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but. Um, that's right. It's tough to listen to my voice too. I understand. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't listen to it. like dude, back. Good. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No. Um, but he said something about, uh, guys taking his spot or whatever, you know what I mean? Like come take my spot, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I remember him saying something about oh, that. Yeah. I, that's what got me thinking like who took his spot? Like, I mean, who, who are the guys coming up, taking, Ryan Greenspan's spot he's my he's he's my age he's 40 right 40 mm. something 41 yeah. 40 39 somewhere in there like where, where's all the kids taking the spots I, I don't understand it I, Yeah. and maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong maybe I just don't I mean I don't follow it that close so maybe, I, maybe there are people taking spots but I, I just don't see that many of them I see also the I mean guys. also
0: it is Alex Yosh and Ryan who are probably like come fucking take my spot and there's just
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they're like not happening. Right. Yeah, but <coughs> you know, I, I feel like when I was coming up with with my guys, like we were gonna be undeniable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you know, and, and we ended up making a a pact that we, no matter what happened, we were gonna stick together for three years. And when we made that pact, it, it like lo and behold, it took us three years. In two thousand five, we won the whole thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was like. But it it wasn't, you know. If, had we not made that pact, I would have found a pro team. I would have been on a pro team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would have been on one of the top teams. And it was, it was never a question. It was just a matter of when. It you know, like, like make yourself so good that you're undeniable. That that, you know,
0: yeah.
1: Whether it's dynasty or somebody else, like like you've got to be, like everybody notices you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't, I don't see that as much as I, I feel like I should you know what I mean I, I feel like you should look around look at semi-pro teams or the lower pro teams and, and be like wow that guy's gonna gonna make it you know what I mean yeah and I I, I don't know not, I'm not again I'm not trying to downplay anybody or, or talk down on anybody I just
0: do you think it's because we're not or I don't want to speak for you but do you think it's because you're not in the in the mix like you're not grinding it out and seeing those other teams around you or those other players around you that you can kind of see and feel the energy from? Because, I mean, you, you remember when we were fucking, when we were in it and you're doing it, you're like, you're in a different zone than than atmosphere, than somebody kind of outside looking in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do you think maybe that's wise just because you, you've kind of been, even though you have the fields and everything like that, you're not a part of that, you don't have that mindset now of like that like competitive brain of like knowing you're going to go to battle and you're going to go work and you're going
1: to go. Yeah,
0: Pro- you know what probably
1: I mean? so. Probably so. I, I guess w- what gets me is I don't watch all these events. You know what I mean? I don't really follow them that closely. But when I check in on it, mm-hmm. I see Ryan Greenspan and Yosh and Alex and Mouse and winning tournaments. And it's like, <laughs> where? Yeah. Where's all the new guys? Maybe they're just that that fucking good. I mean, they are that good. They are that good. But they are also 40. (laughs) It's like there's got to be. Like, I feel it. It's impressive. I know you feel it. You know what I mean?
0: I'm only 36, and, like, I can definitely feel it after a weekend. That's for sure.
1: Right. And surely they do, too. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're robots.
0: They're fucking dragons.
1: Yeah. They're just dragons. (laughs) Well, Tyler,
0: thank you so much, man, for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I want to chat with you a little bit after this um, on a couple of things, but, but thank you for taking the time. And I appreciate it. And like I said, man, you're, you're somebody to me, not only play wise, but personality. You were a big influence for me. And, uh, it was a pleasure to watch you and to get to know you. And I don't think we ever had a conversation like this before. And I'm glad we, during the, all the years we've known each other, it's another one of those things I, I talk about on the podcast. It's like, you know, all these people and you have this friendship level with them, but you yeah. never really have, unless you're on the team, you never really have these kind of in-depth conversations about things and and right. i'm just I'm, I'm glad and fortunate that i was able to actually you know finally do that with you
1: yeah no absolutely man I, yeah I, I felt the same way every time i see you i'm always happy to see you you know what i mean but we've never <laughs> sat here i don't know how long we've been talking but it feels like forever yeah but yeah no it's awesome and uh if you don't mind let me plug my uh i'm making coffee and so i, I want to plug my coffee company
0: yeah dude for sure yeah what uh where can they find it and what is it
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, it was kind of out of necessity. I just couldn't find, like, if you go to the grocery store and you buy a bag of coffee, Mm -hmm. even if it's like the good stuff, right? Look at the date and you'll see minimum three months old, usually six months old or older. Yeah, Right. And I was like, man, like I could taste the difference between something that was fresh and, and, you know, something that's six months old, even if it's like quality beans or whatever. Yeah. And so I started looking, I went on this journey, dude, it took me like two years and I'm like looking, trying to find like the best coffee and how it's made and where the, like where you source the green beans and how you roast it and all this stuff. Oh, you went deep. Yeah. I went real deep. So anyway, and all I was trying to do was like, how can I make my own beans so that I have good coffee all the time. Right. And so I eventually found it. I'm it's, uh, it's a mixture of Costa Rica beans and some beans from Bali. And I found this place like like this commercial roaster that roasted it for me. And I, I went deep down the rabbit hole and I found out that like, hey, if you buy a certain amount, they'll, they'll make it for you, right? And so I got them to make it for me. And then I realized like, I got way too many beans. I got to sell some of these. So that's <laughs> kind of <laughs> where it went. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's called Nine Coffee. Like my number in paintball was nine. So nine ninecoffee.us, and you can buy it there and it's roasted on demand so if you buy a bag i roast it and ship it to you oh and wow yeah so it, it might not be exactly your, your favorite flavor of coffee but i guarantee you it's highest quality and the most fresh that you could buy so anyway just awesome dude. and i i yeah
0: enjoy coffee and uh i i could definitely use a change i'll i'll definitely order sure. some for sure Now
1: i'll send you some don't you worry about that
0: i'll drink nine i will drink nine coffee on my podcast <laughs> yes from here on out
1: my man okay <laughs> i'll keep a steady supply coming but awesome. yeah no i i appreciate you man I, I love your podcast i listen to it quite a bit
0: thank you very much for listening man and i, I that's you know having interesting people on like yourself and and really being able to get to know these uh these players and these pros not only you know legends like yourself but also like the up-and-comers and and everybody it's just being able to really kind of understand and see where some of these these great personalities and players come from and and uh you were definitely one of them and i'm uh i'm super stoked that i was able to get you on
1: yeah brother Love you, Carl.
0: Love you too, man. And uh, like I said, we'll stick around and I'm going to chat about a couple things. But thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you in a couple seconds. Yeah, all right, buddy. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tyler. It was great seeing you, man. I am uh, I'm stoked I was able to talk to you. And I wish you all the best with your fields, uh, with the tournament series, with everything that you're, you're juggling at the moment. And, uh, and The Coffee Company, which I cannot wait to try. So yeah, if you are listening to this, make sure you check it out, 9coffee.us and check out Tyler's Coffee. Give it a taste, buy some, try it, see what you like. I enjoy coffee, you should too. I think that's a slogan somewhere. Um, also, thank you to Melavio. Like I said, you can try the, uh, the products they have out there. If you want 15% off, you can use capital T-P-O-P a uh, promo code and you will get that 15 percent off you can i like i said use the salves i use the uh uh the top the topical tinctures the gummies all the products i enjoy pick something out you like i guarantee you will um also to charm city paintball if you're looking for a headband that will withstand your existence You can find it at Charm City Paintball. Facebook and Instagram. Hit them up. Let them know that Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you over there. I forgot to... I'm such an amateur. Um, But thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully, we'll see everybody soon uh, at practice or somewhere out in the future. Who knows? Uh, Just keep playing paintball. Get on the field. Put your nose to the net. And, yeah. Also, don't text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one. And we will see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.